Hey, what's up, guys? Jeremy Valladares here, coming to you today from McAllen, Texas, doing again the relaunch of a podcast that I started a little over two years ago. Uh, kind of want to share with you a little bit about myself, a little bit about the podcast and why we're doing it, and why we started it. Uh, a little over two years ago, I kind of sensed the tide changing um, for my economics, for what I've been doing for probably the last 16 years which is ministry. A lot of you guys know me as a pastor, a mission trip leader, somebody who does a lot of outreach and mission work throughout Mexico and the, the United States. But a lot of you guys don't really know the backstory to who I am and where I come from and what I got going on in life. And so there's actually a podcast before this that it's actually called Living the Dream. And I'm actually not going to delete it because the dream has always been there. And I want to share with you guys just a little bit about my upbringing. I was, uh, you know, raised, uh, here in the Valley. I was born in Oklahoma, moved to Katy, Texas, moved to the Valley after some time. And, um, <clears throat> really was, uh, my parents were really, really financially strapped. My father had actually taken, uh, had really quit his job. He was the first graduate of his brothers that graduated from college, uh, with a computer programming degree, um, from Minnesota while he was a migrant worker. Um, and so my family was, my, my father was the first one to graduate from college. We actually had a really nice home outside of uh, Katy, Texas or in Katy, Texas, should I say. We moved to the Valley. My father goes to seminary, um, becomes a pastor of a church here in McAllen, a smaller church, and decides to start doing mission work all over Mexico. That was one of his uh, callings in life. He actually walked away from a really lucrative job and started doing this. So at the age of five, I'm introduced to this new world of um of, of Mexico, of doing mission work, of I, my earliest memories are, are riding with my father, going to pick up people for church on Wednesday nights. He would drive a church van. I remember falling asleep in the van, but those are some of my earliest memories of, of what we did as a child. And my father would, uh, I remember helping him load a van once um, that he drove down to Honduras after they had a massive flood and earthquake and uh, hurricane and stuff like that. Just, I remember so many times helping load up food and supplies and goods that my father was going to leave to some random weird place that I had never heard of to go do mission work. So this is who I am as a person. This is where I grew up. This is where, this was my home. This was my, this is who I was. And, um, we did a lot of stuff with our church as a young, as a young man. Um, but also as a child, I also had this little spirit inside of me. It was a little, uh, entrepreneurial spirit. So I was probably first, second grade, my earliest memories of going to Mexico was saving up as much money as I could because I've always, always, always been a saver. Buying as much candy as I could, Mexican candy, cheap, you know, 50, 50 pieces of candy for two fifty or $2 um, and bringing it across and first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. I remember getting written up so many times, gotten sent to the office. Teachers would take away my backpack during lunch, after school, before school, because I would be selling candy be the first grader walking home with $72 in quarters and ones and change walking home from school because I had made a kill in that day, ready to go back to Mexico to load up again and come back and sell at school. So this is who I was as a child, of course, grew older and started mowing yards in fifth grade. And this is, I've always been a hustler, started mowing yards, started cleaning offices once I was in sixth grade with one of my cousins. And we would do it twice a week and get paid pretty well. And then 15 years old, got a job at Foot Locker. Hey, how many hours can I work three a day after school? Cool. Started doing it. Started, you know, hustling, you know, at Foot Locker, running stock, trying to get on the floor, trying to work my way up. Freshman in high school, about to be a freshman. My dad gives me $75 for shoes. I go with my mom and I'm like, hey, mom, 
were at Journey Shoes and I'm like, hey mom, I really want these boots. You know, back in the day, the Timberlands were the thing and I wanted them. And um, she said, hey, your dad said 75 and these are more expensive. And I was like bartering with her in the middle of the store, manager, you know, offering me the shoes. And I'm like, hey, look, let me just look, buy them for me. I get paid from this job this day, this job that day. And as soon as I get all my money, I'll get, get it back to you. And she said, okay, I'll do it. So the manager asked me more questions. He's like, you work? I was like, yeah, I work at Foot Locker. I run stock, this and that. He was like, hey, what if I offered you a job? I was like, I, does it pay more? He's like, I'll let you run stock. If you know how to run stock, I'll hire you on the spot. If you can put away all the stock that day, I'll let you come on the floor. And if your commission is more than your hourly wage, then you get paid more than minimum wage. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So at the age of 15, I get a job at Foot Locker. I'm going to be a freshman in high school. I'm working my tail off, hitting the gym, hitting the weights, cleaning offices, working at Journey Shoes. And this was a start. This was a start. It, it, like That is where the true hustle really started in my life. I started to seek um, money. I started to see, I, you know, I, I didn't get to tell you all, all this, but when my father took this ministry job, um, it really wasn't a job. It was more of a giving. And, and I'll share this with you guys, just being 100% transparent. There's two types of people, two types of pastors. There's those that live off of the people and there's those that live to serve the people. And um, there's really not much questioning that you have to do when you find out that somebody's a pastor. Um, just look at how they live. Look at what they do. Um, the other day I was driving Lyft and a lady was like, oh, you see, you all, all you pastors are interested in money. And, you know, y'all just take the money from the from the congregation and this and that. And I said, ma'am, I, I know you probably had some drinks tonight because you called a Lyft. But it's 2.30 in the morning. It's Sunday morning. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be at church in a few hours. So tell me again how I'm taking all the money from the congregation. Well, that was just one of those situations, you know. <clears throat> it, it's, it's, awesome. it's awesome. It's awesome to be where I'm at. I really love what I do. Um, I'm interested in just telling you my story and seeing how I can help you grow uh, in many different aspects. And this this podcast is just going to be based on trying to give you something of value, something of worth to where you can become uh, more, to where you can understand that you are not the only person in the struggle. Everybody struggles. One of my favorite quotes is from Jim Rohn. He's like, it's not the blowing of the wind because the, the wind blows on us all. It's the set of the sail. And guys, today, it's it's such an opportunity for me to be able to just share with you guys my heart, who I am, where I came from, um, just to be able to, to show you guys that if you have a dream, you can acquire that dream. You can reach that dream. And you know what? You may even be living that dream right now without even knowing it. And so I'll come to you guys today just sharing with you that information. We got all the way up to high school years. You know, I worked all through high school, cleaned offices, played football, would hit the far gym. For those of you guys that are from McAllen area, you know the far gym. You guys know the midnight crew that was there every single night. Um, graduated from high school and uh, was already an assistant manager for Journeys. And I got into this little business that some guy that I met, at, I can't remember where I met him. I think I met him at a coffee shop. And this was before coffee shops were coffee shops. There used to be this little place um, right by my house on South well, it's actually North 10th Street, but it's actually right by like Lamar between Hackberry and Pecan. And this place was called Moonbeans. And this was before Moonbeans was the hipster place to hang out. Moonbeans was where I met this guy who was actually inviting me to come check out a video about this opportunity that he had for a business of selling people residential and commercial long distance. And we went. 
And at the age of 18, I was still a senior in high school. I jumped into this network marketing company and started selling and marketing residential and commercial long distance, got some of my teacher's husbands to come work with me uh, because they were interested in what I was doing and what I had going on. And like even my economics teacher was questioning like, well, what is this that you got going on? And how is it that you have this money? And don't, don't you work in a shoe store and you know, this and that. And so that's where my, my, just my endeavors took me. I was looking for more in life. I wanted more in life, but I wasn't necessarily sure how to get there. I had a good friend and his, his parents were really, really pushing me like, Jeremy, you got to go to college. My parents being Hispanic, my father, um, you know, saying you got to go to college if you want to ever amount to anything in life. And so, you know, we, we go to UTPA, we enroll and we start taking classes and we we declare our major international business. Um, and this was something that I, I had already done. I had already done international business as a first grader, second grader, third grader. And actually when I was about 16, 17, I caught a flight from Mexico city to McAllen. I sat next to a lady and, um, I'm just a people person. I like to talk to her, talk to people. I talked to this lady and it turns out she, she, she did international business. She would work two days in Mexico City, three days in McAllen, and she'd spend the weekends in McAllen at her home, but would, had, a, had a home, had an apartment in Mexico City. And I was like, man, I want to do that. And I was like, That's, that'd be my dream to like travel and, and just move around and not be stuck in one place. And, uh, and I think that's where the international business thing came in. So we go to school for two years, um, actually don't finish because uh, July 3rd, 2013, um, fixing to try to move to Austin, um, transfer to UT Austin and go to school there. I needed to do summer one and summer two. I'd finished summer one. I had summer two to go so I could get my GPA high enough to be able to transfer. And I asked my dad, I said, Hey, are you going to help me out with college? And, um, I had already quit the network marketing company because I thought, why am I going to invest time and energy and effort? You know, and this network marketing company had actually taken me to, um, Michigan. I had actually gone to, they didn't take me. I went, they had taken me to Vegas. They had taken me to a few other towns. And I was just like, I was impressed. I was thoroughly impressed with the things that, that the opportunity provided. I just didn't see it as something that I could do. And uh, maybe that was just a lack of mentorship in my life. Somebody telling me like, Hey, you have the opportunity. You just have to stick to this. Uh, today, I'm somebody that will not let anybody quit, not let anybody quit on themselves, not let anybody quit on, on somebody else. Um, because we have so much more inside of us. I, I really believe we were created for greatness, each and every one of us. And so summer two is about to go down. My dad says, hey, if you go to church camp, um, I'll help you out if you go to Austin. So I go to church camp. And this week was just a week where my life radically changed, turned back around, came back to the things of God. I had walked away from the age of 15. I had stopped going to church. I had started living wrong. I got into a few, fight with my, a few fights with my father arguments and didn't agree with him. And, you know, the religious, uh, environment in which I was in was you have to do this. You have to do that. And my thought was, I don't have to do anything. You know, today I'm a pastor, but really it's all about 100% choice. Like you have to choose what you want for your life. And that goes the same for business. That goes for the same for family. That goes the same for health. That goes the same for anything you want to bring into your life. Everything comes down to your personal choices. And so today, if, if I can today start just introducing you to what I want to be doing with this podcast is everything comes down to choices. Our life is marked by the choices that we've made. Um, July 3rd, 2003, Thursday night at a church campground in the middle of Saltillo, Mexico. 
I decided to change my life. And I decided to walk away from the things that I used to live in, the fraternity that I was a, a part of starting at the university, um, the lifestyle, the partying, the drinking, and all that other good stuff or bad stuff. And, um, and I actually walked away from it. And so I started seminary a few months after that in Mexico. And I think that's one of the things that's helped me stay um, grounded. There's nothing like going to a place where people have so much less than you and yet are so much happier. Um, and just seeing the humility of people and just the humbleness, not humility, the humbleness of them, just their hearts and who they are as people keeps you super grounded because you realize that the little things that we complain about, man, I don't have carbon arrow wheels for my Pinarello Dogma Think 2, which costs thousands of dollars. And I need thousands of dollars more to buy carbon arrow wheels. And while I can sit here and complain about what I don't have, I'm missing the bigger picture of what I do have right in front of me. And so studied the Bible for three years, started working at a church in Reynosa uh, six months after we started seminary, um, really got thrown into a position of youth ministry and, you know, grew a church, helped grow a church in Reynosa from 30 to 100 people in the span of a few months and build a building and were really engaged in the life of the youth. And really, I want to just tell you this much, like engagement and proximity is power. Like the more you're involved with something or somebody, the more they have the opportunity to rub off on you and to be able to be an influence. And we had a part, my wife and I had a part of being um, influences in the life of 30 plus young people um, that were at this church in Reynosa that we got to pour into day in and day out. Uh, we literally crossed the bridge every single day and um, got paid $20 a week from that church, which was um, a lot, which is what all, it was all that they could give at the time. Um, and so I mowed yards. I cut fences for three years. I, I mowed yards. I cut trees. I built fences. I painted houses. I didn't cut any fences. Well, maybe just the guy that I didn't like, right? But we did all this stuff and we did odd jobs. Like I literally worked odd jobs for three years because there was no place that would hire me because I didn't have a degree. Um, because I had to cut out at four so I could come home, get dressed, go to seminary from six to 10 at night in Reynosa, across the bridge in Mexico, wait 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes on the bridge to get back at home at 11 and then do it again the next day. Saturdays, we had events planned with our church. Sundays, of course, we had services morning and afternoon for those of you guys that are old school and still remember what two services felt like. That's what it was. Um, graduated from seminary, actually come to McAllen. Um, come decide we want to do in McAllen. We want to start a church in McAllen. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, was starting a church in the mission area and asked for help. And I said, I'll do it. Let's help. So we helped him for say about a year and a half until we just felt like we wanted to, to, to go a different direction. Not necessarily that the direction they were going in was bad, just we wanted to do more. We wanted to be more engaged. We wanted to be have more of an involvement, have more of a mission mind. Um, my whole desire was to never have a job um, where I had to clock in. And I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I have not clocked into a job since maybe 2003. I have not clocked in to where I have to be there. Somebody else sets my schedule. Um, and we've done all kinds, of, all kinds of jobs from working, building sheds from Home Depot, worked at Foot Locker, worked at Journeys, did telemarketing, did everything that we had to do that we tried to do during the seminary years that just didn't work for us. So um, still working odd jobs a year and a half after finished seminary, 
finishing seminary, we, um, we decided to start a church in McAllen and, uh, pastor Charles Murphy from, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, had given me a call had said, Hey, is this something you still want to do? I said, yeah. He's like, you know, write my church a letter. We, we want to get involved with you. We want to get involved with what you got going on. And so we started a church, uh, here in McAllen shortly after that. And we started having Bible studies in my enclosed garage. And shortly after that, we outgrew my enclosed garage and moved into a storefront. Um, we were there for longer than we needed to. We moved into an official building. Um, and then we actually started getting some, what you would call support. There was actually this church from Houston, um, said, Hey, we want to give you a salary to where you can be on the field full time. You can focus on the people, focus on the needs, focus on ministry full time and be able to, to just serve freely. And this is what they had done for me. They had given me an open door to say, Hey, whatever you feel God's calling you or leading you to do and go and serve and do and be go do it. <clears throat> so it was awesome. It was awesome to have, you know, Hey, there's going to be something steady for a little bit so you can establish something and build your church up and be able to not have to worry about um, at least putting food on the table, at least taking care of the family, paying the light, the water, the bills, all these other things. Fast forward eight, nine years. We go through a major car accident six years ago. That's in the middle of it. Uh, 18 months ago, our church goes through major turmoil, you know, had a few people act in a pool and that's what people do. Right. Um, we come to a place almost two years ago where, where I'm feeling the financial tide changing in my life. And I start to start to worry, like what is going to happen when the support is no longer there? What's going to happen when, when the finances are no longer there? So we decided to start, start looking into options of what we could do. And I remember that opportunity that I had um, been a part of when I was 18 and 19. And we went back to that opportunity and nine months into it, having exploded Mexico with uh, an opportunity, uh, multi-level opportunity, um, multiple customers, multiple representatives, just not the multiple digits in, uh, in commission, we decided to, to walk away from it. And the reason why I walked away from that opportunity was because I didn't see the future in it. Um, there was a lot of uh, things that I just thought were unethical. There's a lot of things that I just thought were um, just not right. And I didn't see people making money. I saw people on top making money, but I didn't see the little guy who I know somebody who's still with them had been for them maybe like two years, two and a half years. And I don't know that the person's at making a hundred dollars a month from that company. And um, about that time, two years ago, I stumbled upon a product that actually radically changed my life that was called Keto OS. And today I'm a, I'm a independent sales representative for the company called Prove It um, because of what ketones have done for me physically. Um, two years ago, I started this little endeavor not knowing what it was going to come into because I really started think, drinking this for me. It's actually a pastor in East Texas that introduced it to me uh, at, a, at, a, at a meeting at Panama City. We were in Panama City Beach, Florida at a national meeting and he tells me about this stuff he guy had dropped about 100 pounds um i come home the next day i'm going to do a bike ride for kids with spina bifida from mcallen to san antonio 250 miles and bam life changed day 10 i stopped rubbing my right knee where they ran a rod up my femur um i started dropping some weight started feeling more energy just 
life started changing like instantly. And I started telling everybody about it. Started telling everybody about it. people at HEB, people at Home Depot, people at Walmart, people at the grocery store. Anywhere I ran into, I would tell them people, I was telling people about ketones. You got to try ketones. You got to try ketones. Of course, you know, the family is always the biggest skeptics. My, my family was like, no, 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 we don't want to buy anything. We know you were in a company before this for nine months trying to sell us this, and we don't want any of what you're selling. <clears throat> I, was, I really wasn't selling anything. It really had changed my life. Really, really physically had changed my life. It really still does. I'm telling people today, this. even if I couldn't sell this stuff, I would still buy this stuff. So we come to this place where I, I know financial tide is changing. Uh, life is changing. My world is changing. Um, I, I know my calling is to McAllen. And I'm giving you guys raw, in-depth me. This is who I am. I'm putting myself out there. Like We had three choices, like three places where I felt I wanted to go start a church. One was Austin, Texas. One was McAllen, Texas. And one was Monterey, Mexico. Places where in my youth, I had spent a lot of time and had a heart for the people, for the youth. These are prevalently like young towns, people where there's uh, towns where there's young people, um, it's happening places, places where people are moving to. I mean, Austin is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Uh, Monterey, Mexico, five, five million people living there. Like McAllen, the hub, it's a middle place between all of Mexico and the U.S. where people cross. It's one of the biggest crossing points in the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, and so I'm, I'm here. I'm at this place and, and I'm deciding, like, what do I want to do? McAllen has been home. McAllen has been where my heart has been. I've invested time, energy, effort. I can't tell you how many hours I worked on our current church building, which we bought abandoned. This place was 50-year-old building. We bought it. It had been abandoned for eight years. I can't tell you how many hours of repairs we did on floors, lights, ceilings, sheetrock, insulation, wiring, problems after problems after problems because if you're not Hispanic or don't know this word, it's called Mexicanadas. And if you do know Mexicanadas, you know it means when people do something half, halfways, they do it halfways and they they don't do it right. Um, countless hours on spent on this church, countless hours on the people, not so much the building. And I've always criticized people that when their support dries up, so does their calling. You know, when you have a calling to do something, uh, I was sharing this with my daughters this morning, like, when you have a calling, I was sharing that I was teaching my six-year-old the difference between motivation and inspiration. The motivation, it comes like when I'm running a race and I see my daughters clapping for me and with signs, that's motivation. The inspiration is what you need for the other 20, 25 and a half miles that you're going to have to run if you're going to run a marathon that nobody is there cheering for you. Nobody is there rooting you on. And today, what I want to share with you guys is that it takes major inspiration to follow your dreams. It takes major inspiration to follow your dreams when there's no support. It takes major dreams to follow. It takes major, major, major inspiration to follow your dreams when you don't have a circle of people around you. Uh, I sometimes get criticism or flack from people that have uh, people surrounding them that are all on the same boat. They're all fighting the same fight, but they're just competing against each other. I'm not competing against anybody. I'm sitting in a place where... All the things I'm trying to do, there is nobody doing what I'm trying to do where I live. There's nobody around me trying to do what I'm trying to do. So it's, it's, you're trying to break waters. You're trying to, you're trying to like split the sea where nobody's there. You're trying to tell people about, Hey, you got to come see this when nobody is, well, nobody wants to see it. 
they're all seeing something else. And I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about anything you want. I, I sometimes get criticism from, from people that are surrounded by other Christians that live in the Bible belt, that live in places where everybody's a Christian. News, news flash, Hispanics are majority Catholic, right? News flash, Hidalgo County, the county that I live in, number one and number two most times, number one or number two most times for obesity, um, the Mexican diet is not very keto friendly. Let me just tell you that much. Not many things on the Mexican diet are keto friendly. So I'm just kind of sharing with my heart, my heart with you guys. I'm just trying to be real. I'm trying to let you know that there's struggles. Um, July, July, I'm telling you this. I don't know where I'm going to be in July. I don't know if I'm going to get asked for keys. I don't know if I'm going to have to shut doors. I don't know if I'm going to have to find a job. I don't know where I'm going to be at as far as the church. I don't know where I'm going to be at as far as my business um, with ketones. Um, we're working hard. We're pushing it hard. I don't know where I'm going to be at with the people. I've told the people, I don't know where we're going to be in July. They were like, well, we'll meet in a park. I don't know where I'm going to be at with my family, my kids. My 11-year-old my has been having seizures, right? We're on medication. She's been going through some ups and downs. I don't know where that'll be at. Let me just be honest with you guys. There is so much unknown in the future even for you that think that your life is completely, completely set and programmed. So today there's a few little things I just want to share with you guys. I'm real. There's nothing fake about what you're seeing. Uh, my heart is always on my sleeve. Uh, what you see is what you get. I will give you the shirt off my back if you need it. Um, I'll bend over backwards for you. I'll help. I shared this on Sunday in my sermon the other day, somebody who's publicly bashed me, who's publicly done me harm, who's publicly fought against almost every single thing that I stand for and for what I do, texted me and said, hey, I need a favor. And I respond with, what's up? I, even then. So today I just wanted to give you a little glimpse into my life, where I've come from, where I'm going, what I want to do. Um, today I'm actually in a really, uh, I'm in a very privileged position. Uh, I get to do what I love. Uh, I get to pastor a church. I get to lead mission trips. Uh, I get to promote something that I really and truly believe in, which is ketones. Uh, right now I'm actually currently doing fairly well with the company. Um, and it's taking care of several things in my family for, for my finances, but I want more. I want more in life. And I'm not talking about more things. I'm not talking about those carbon arrow wheels. I'm talking about, I, I want to be able to live more. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever done a vision board, but on my vision board is two things, two places I want to travel with my kids. People are like, well, is there not something you want? And I'm like, it's not that there's nothing that I want. It's just, there's nothing that I need. My heart is truly happy. I really have everything that I want. And so here's what I want you to understand is like everybody is going through problems. Gary V, one of my favorite motivational speakers, uh, always says like, I'm just a firefighter. Like I just put out fires. How many fires today? 35. Okay, great. Like everything has a solution except for death, right? And even death has a solution, right? It's called Christ, right? But as far as physically, humanly speaking, like as long as you're not dead, like, hey, you still get to live to fight another day. Even It doesn't matter what you have. Legs are broken, you'll fight tomorrow. Cancer, fight today. Maybe fight tomorrow. Like anything you want, like fight today. And today, uh, I really just don't want to leave you guys with like, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's my story. Here's where I come from. Here's what I've done. Like, I really want to leave you with the, the fact that are you fighting for you? 
are you betting on you? Are you betting on your family? Like, here's one of the things like this person that, that said this quote, it's, they're not even a mentor of mine. And it's a, she, she asked the question, which I always like to one up. I always like to one up. And so I'm sorry if I'm going to try to one up. Right. But it's not, not a person. It's not for pride. It's like, be better. So this person asked, have you made good on the promises that you've made? And I took that one step further and I asked myself, have I made good on the promises that I've made my children? Like I've gone out to drive Lyft countless nights and I've told my kids like, hey, like we're working to get here. We're working to get to this place to where we don't have to worry about this or that or the other. I've gone on countless trips to Mexico to invest in my business. Um, and I've told my kids like, hey, I'm working to get to this place to where we don't have to worry about this or that or the other. Let me ask you, what are you working on? Are you working on you? And this is something that's huge. And what I want to be able to do is be a tool for you as a personal development tool for you, for your future, for your health, for your finances, for your business, for your faith. Um, and we're missing men. The truth is that we're missing men that truly stand up and say, hey, let me take the role that's mine. Let me put this weight on my shoulder because that's why God made me and let me run with this. And so guys, today, if I can just tell you guys anything is like, you're going to be getting more of me. You're going to be getting more of like in your face, who I am, what, what, or where I'm going, what I'm trying to do. Um, you're going to get a little bit of my faith in there because it's, it's, I, I can't avoid it. Um, but, but the, the podcasts are going to be separated. So they're going to have titles they're going to have different things, different topics, different themes. But guys, I just wanted to take this time and tell you guys that I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here to help. And I'd love to ride this roller coaster of success with you. I'd love to take this roller coaster of success with you. Guys, if there's anything I can do for you, uh, please feel free to shoot me a message, comment on this um, post, like the podcast, follow it, subscribe, rate it. And if I can do anything for you guys, please 